Welcome to the Life Giver Marriage Podcast, a place for honest conversation and hope for your military or first responder marriage. This is your host, Corey Weathers, and I'm honored to share this journey with you. Close your eyes for a minute if you wanna see the world. When you confront somebody, it not only makes you feel better to confront them, but it, it also gives them something to think about. They have a smart comment back, right? So if somebody says, you're fat, you're ugly, then tell them. So what? Fat people are pretty people. If you don't like it, then don't look at me. Are you looking for an innovative way to work on your military or first responder marriage? The Life Giver app with Corey Weathers is now out and available for iOS and Android devices. It's my way of providing free content to you right in the palm of your hands. You'll have access to the podcast, videos, as well as marriage curriculum that you can access and interact with right inside the app. It's free, it's available, and it's easy. Download the Life Giver app with Corey Weathers today. Welcome to another episode of the Life Giver Podcast. We are in the middle of a parenting series, and I thought, what better topic for us to address than the topic of bullying? And with me today, I have Bina Patel, who has a PhD, I gotta get this right, a PhD from Nova Southeastern University in Conflict Resolution um, in Peacekeeping Analysis. And so I'm gonna break that down for you guys. What that means is that she, is, she specializes in workplace dynamics, conflict mediation with females, and the mediation of cultural and religious dynamics of people groups. Yes. That is a mouthful, Bina. Thank you. Yes. So <laughs> thank you for joining me. I cannot yeah. think of a better person to join me on the topic of bullying, um, how to help parents on issues of bullying. Mm -hmm. And also, I think our culture in general is struggling with the bullying topic. Right. As yeah. um, a lot of emotions are ramping up with political dif differences and value differences. And I think even parents and adults are struggling with the issue of bullying and not really knowing how to handle it. Right. So I'm so glad that you're here to join me today and thank you can you. kind of yeah. give us some wisdom on how we can move forward. With this, so, and thank you so much for having me. I'm yeah. really excited. This is um, an area where I'm very passionate about so I'm so happy so thank you so much um, I have to tell you that bullying has become a new norm a norm that it's like it's a virus that because of technology and the fast pace of life that technology has brought with us it's it's spun out of control so it's not just a virus it's almost a cancer mm -hmm. and um, just like it's hard to find a cure for cancer right now finding that cure to combat bullying is um, is in the midst of research, right? So we're still trying to work to find out why is it happening. Um, it's also a generational thing, I think. And in my opinion, personally, that the millennials, the younger generation, are more outspoken, um, outspoken in a sense that they're able to do hurt others by cyberbullying. Mm -hmm. That is probably the most common type of bullying. And that carries over into school bullying, verbal bullying, abusive um, in nature, or even physical bullying. 
Yeah, bullying, I think, has been around forever. But you're right. I think that things have taken on a whole new realm of hurtfulness. Right. If you want to call it that. Because things are digital. And it's kind of what we call digital courage, right? We can say whatever we want as long as it's behind the screen. Yeah. And I think our kids are dealing with that even more now, too. Not just online, but through texting. Right. And um, this digital courage, even for adults, is making people feel like they can say whatever they want because they don't have to see people's reaction. Right. On the other side of it. Yeah. And I find that to be more deadly because once it's in writing, that means everybody else can see it and read it. It's almost as if it's set in stone. Yeah. Unless, you know, sometimes it happens so quickly that you haven't seen the posts or you haven't seen the text and yet other people have. And yeah. so at that point, it's like it's it may be too late or, you know, you can go back and delete the posts, but then it just continues. So mm-hmm. it's how do you go about letting... How do you go about combating it so that it doesn't affect you personally? And so that's mm-hmm. what it comes down to. So I think that's a great place for us to start. Okay. So maybe we jump in and we talk about how do we handle bullying as adults first? Because I think if we don't know how to handle it ourselves, how are we going to help our kids? Right. And know how to parent them through it? Yes. And I know for a lot of us, we've either grown up with this mentality or been taught Mm -hmm. that when you have a bully that's saying something that's hurtful, especially to you, we should just ignore it and it will go away. Yeah. So is that, is that really a great way to handle bullying or when somebody's being offensive or being um, harmful with their words? So research shows that that's the way to do it. I can tell you personally, I think you should confront it. Okay. Yeah. And and I say that is because when you confront a bully, they're taken by surprise. Because what they expect is for you to walk away, mm-hmm. cry, to not come back at them. And when you mm-hmm. confront somebody, mm-hmm. it not only makes you feel better to confront them, but it, it also gives them something to think about. And the way I tell you to come back is to have a smart comment back, right? So if somebody says, you're fat, you're ugly, then tell them. So what? Fat people are pretty people. If you don't like it, then don't look at me. And and I and you know it's and I I wouldn't say that you're causing tension or that you're you know confronting it with conflict, but at this point when you confront a bully the way in order to protect yourself, it's not like you're harming that person. You're- now, this is very interesting strategy to me because okay. I know that you specialize in workplace dynamics and there's different kinds of bullying, right? right? So when you yeah. are working in a workplace and you've yeah. got because there is bullying in the workplace right. as well, it's right? Very and so, especially um, one of the one of the topics that I hope to address in future podcasts. So mm-hmm. I'm so glad that you're here. I may have to have you back for oh. this topic. Oh, I'd love to. Um, but one of one of the more difficult types of bullying is um, females with females, right? And so, for some reason, women tend to. Um, bully each other they get into cat fights and there's a lot of research that shows that women especially um, tend to group up in peers yes and so as soon as somebody kind of steps up as a stronger female there a cat fight ensues and it becomes aggressive and possibly bullying so maybe we start with workplace dynamics or face-to-face adult bullying that happens especially with women and so you specialize not only in the workplace dynamics and conflict mediation but also with females in mediation so um, how do we especially um, military spouses are all the time volunteering and working within other groups especially with other military spouses okay yes so how do we handle difficult situations where there's aggressiveness and there's actually face-to-face bullying going on you confront it. And the reason I say this is because you are able to stand up for yourself to fight for what you believe is right and fair. And if, and you don't have to be nasty about it, but mm-hmm. as long as you have 
um, a level-headed tone, I would say, so that you're not getting angry, you're not getting flustered, because that bully's already raged up to tell attack you. They're mm-hmm. ready. So, you know, and, and I tell this to people, especially women who are being bullied by other women, and what I've experienced at the workplace, is that just confront them with the facts. Mm-hmm. If, they're, if they are trying to block you every which way, or if they are trying to hold you back, they're, they're fearful of something. Mm-hmm. So you point that if you can pinpoint that fear, then confront them with that fear. So give yeah. me an example of that. So let's say you've got, um, I'm going to use this as because this happens obviously in the workplace, but mm-hmm. since we have so many spouses that are playing different roles in volunteer positions, okay. right? These are not even positions somebody can get fired from. This right. is, you know, people that we have to learn how to get along with no yeah. matter where we are. Yeah. And so how would somebody confront that fear in someone else if they're not really sure what's going on behind it? If it, if it comes down to that, the way to do it is if you feel though, like as though in your gut that it could be that they're fearful of you because you may have a stronger personality or they feel as though because you're just a volunteer, they can run over you, you have an option, you have a choice, and you tell them, I don't appreciate being treated like this, would you like it if you were in my shoes? How would that make you feel? And I said this to you, put yourself Mm -hmm. in my shoes. I'm giving you my time, I'm giving you my dedication, my sincerity in helping you grow this or or make this program better or, you know, to add to the success of this organization that you get the credit, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and I want this to happen because it's, it's a, it's a volunteer, right? It's, right? it's because you care. That's why you do it. That's what volunteering is, right? So, and if, if that's not good enough, then you have the option to walk away. But at the end of the day, I also think that you should, as a volunteer, escalate it. And the reason I say that is because if if the other person has has is doing treating you this way, there's absolutely no doubt that they're tra- they've treated other volunteers this way or other people who they work with this way. Mm-hmm. It's a personality issue and it's not right. So if we believe in what's right and fair, then we have we have to confront it. And because if we don't confront it, it's as good as aiding and abetting it. And that's how I see it. So I'm not saying that you should confront everything you see that's wrong, but if it personally happens to you or personally impacts you, then this is how you can make a difference. And then you can just walk away. You have that option. And so what do you do if it's somebody like me who has what I call emotional delay? Okay. Where um, a lot of times I don't know what to say to somebody until it's like two days later. Okay. Yeah, what that's and that's quite common actually. Um, Sometimes, actually most of the time, it's natural to be taken by surprise because, you know, we think that the world is still good despite all the... The negativity that happens or all the bad that happens um and there i still also believe that there's still more good than bad mm-hmm. um and so when something is said to us that's hurtful it's hard to react to it initially because you're blown away by how bad it is put your thoughts together and go back and confront them even if it's two days later really yeah so it, it's not it's good to have a comeback but it doesn't necessarily matter if it's like right then or if it's two days later it, yeah it matters that you've confronted the person and stood up for yourself yes i agree with you and and the reason i say that is because honestly it comes down to yourself if you have a hard time confronting that person it stays in your chest mm-hmm. it bottles up it consumes you mm-hmm. and then you know it it only impacts ourselves right and it, mm-hmm. we become sad or depressed really angry mm-hmm. and that anger turns to why can't i say it it you know you you're mad at yourself at that point so i think it's important for a peace of mind for us individually at the individual level to confront it 
because the first time you do it it's going to be so hard especially if you're not used to confronting it but you know it doesn't mean you have to be mean about how you confront it you know after two days Mm -hmm. you're probably very a lot more calmer but it's good to get it off your chest to tell them and to also confront them because they need to know how they made you feel that is a, an amazing suggestion to confront because I think that I, as a parent, struggled with teaching my kids to confront mm-hmm. the bullies. But I think that honestly was coming back on me because it's something that I feel actually really insecure about. Okay. Because it's something that I um, often take, it, ta- it does yeah. take me two days to yeah. figure out what I would say. And okay. so, um, and because I think a lot of other people, maybe like me, feel like to say something back and to confront somebody is going to start conflict and it is going to cause a bigger problem. Right. But I really like what you're saying in that confronting the person first and foremost is for you. Right. Second, so that the other person knows the harm that they're causing. Yeah. And hopefully um, it um, de-escalates the situation. Yes. Yes. Um, But I think also sometimes conflict is important. I agree. Right? Yeah. And the reason I... I tell you it's important, it's because for people who have a hard time speaking up, it forces you to speak up, you know, and it's good to speak up because sometimes, actually all the time, if you don't speak up, again, it you feel trapped within yourself. You become mm-hmm. angry. It Sometimes it's a physiological reaction. Um, you get depressed, you don't eat, you're mm-hmm. upset, then you take it out in your on your family members. So it mm-hmm. really impacts not just you, but your family ultimately, and that's the last thing that anybody wants. But take care of yourself first. And I think that, um, actually believe this very much, we own our own emotions. Mm -hmm. If we allow somebody to make us feel that bad, then that's on us. So in just when you start believing in that, then you'll start that negativity, the way people bully, it'll bounce right off of you. And that's Mm -hmm. when you are able to, just like that, confront it. Um, I started believing that two years ago, I went through a really bad divorce myself, mm-hmm. I was spousal bullying. And when I started honestly believing in that mm-hmm. is when things got easier. So yeah. without getting too vulnerable, would you mind explaining what that transformation was like for you to start standing up for yourself and confronting it instead yeah. of absorbing it? Yes. So for me, I felt, I felt liberated. I felt a free, like a free bird. And I also felt that I was a voice for other women Um, And other people who couldn't speak up because I know what I had the internal struggle I faced and I would realize at the end of the day I was more angry at myself for not having the courage to speak up or Mm. to confront somebody and so You know, I was I would sit there and have Shower like my conversations in the shower thinking I'm gonna tell somebody what I'm really how I really feel and that helped to calm me down but then I thought one day, you know what, I'm really going to tell them, but I'm going to tell them nicely mm-hmm. in this exact tone I'm using because it helps me to stay calm, but it also helps them understand that you've really hurt me mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell you how it feels to be hurt and and not to use that back at them, but to mm-hmm. help make them realize that put yourself in my shoes and the minute you tell them that, they may not, it may not resonate right then and there, but they will think about it later. Yeah. That's. I think you bring up a really good, important point for us to unpack that I think yeah. applies to um, our situation and yeah. also for our kids that we're going to get to here in a little bit, Sure. Um, yeah. which is how do you confront appropriately? How do you form your words in a way that isn't just aggressiveness back? Right. So the way I always thought about this, and I used myself as a guinea pig in this was, 
I don't like the way if somebody talks down to me or if somebody uses curse words on me to describe, you know, you know, to bully me. Mm -hmm. I didn't like that feeling. And I don't think that even a bully should feel that way because at the back end of what the bully, what's happening, the bully's also going through something Mm -hmm. or, or, or they're not getting the help that they need and they're lashing out. So when we recognize the human side of that aggressor then we're able to actually come up with the right words how how would i like to be spoken to and that's how you speak to that person back so can you give um let's see if we can come up a situation with a situation where somebody mm-hmm. has been really aggressive um whether they've called somebody names whether they have um maybe gossiped maybe they have just been destructive in general right maybe even passive aggressive destructive right yeah. so not full-fledged because bullying can look different ways right they can be really aggressive and mean um towards you with their words or physically right right um but but a lot of what we see is a passive aggressiveness between women right where we are nice to each other's faces but then aggressively bullying or or spreading destruction behind the scenes right yes yeah so um give me an example of what somebody could say as a way of confronting um somebody that's been doing that okay that's actually a really good point. Um, passive aggressiveness is probably a deadly form of bullying. And I say that is because it's even more hurtful because it's happening behind your back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when you hear that somebody has said something bad about you or or you think or it comes back to the person, confront them. Just say that I have heard through the grapevine that you have said this, this, and this about me. Mm-hmm. I just want you to know that I know that all of this is true. I don't know where it's stemming from and I don't really care, but I want you to know that I know mm-hmm. and that it doesn't impact me. But the fact that you're doing this, you're a bigger coward by not coming to my face and telling me. Wow, that's yeah. really strong. Yeah, <laughs> and it's, strong. it's powerful, but yeah. you know, in a good way. In strong. a good way, yeah, because it, it helps them realize that, oh no, I'm busted. But, you know, and, and they think twice about doing it. And, and then you also tell them that, you know, I wouldn't, you know, I'm not here to, to fight with you or to, to, to create a stir up a conflict, but this is really not nice. And if somebody did this about you, how would that make you feel? Again, it just goes back to putting them in your shoes. And, and then you ask them, if there is there something wrong? If you want to go to that route, if you just want to end it, you end it right mm-hmm. then and there. Just tell them, think about the hurt you're causing people because that hurt one day will come back to you. And it's karma. Mm-hmm. It does because mm-hmm. we learn lessons in many different ways Mm -hmm. and so if you if you believe in that you can honestly it will it and and you tell them it will happen and not you don't have to tell them that what you do tell them is that it does come back and Mm -hmm. when it comes back I just hope that you realize how that made me feel so so what do we do Mm -hmm. when we can't confront the person and we're talking more about the digital online social media world um maybe through texting but i think most of us adults right. are experiencing a new cultural divide whether it's their values whether it's politics whatever um, but there's a huge divide where people are attacking each other online yeah. and some people know each other some people are attacking um because it's a friend of a friend of a friend right and so how do we handle the trolling and the toxicity that's dividing people online how do we stand up for ourselves or do we stand up for ourselves do we confront people um how do we handle all of that yeah and and that's that's actually it's a really good question it's it's actually even harder to combat cyberbullying in my opinion um because when you start 
when you start when they start the dialogue with you or about you it's I at that point I don't think you should confront it I think at that point you choose to either deal with it or not deal with it and the reason I say this is because if you walk away from it that means that you have you have enough courage to shut it out of your life bounce it off of you and walk away Mm -hmm. and that's your self-respect and love and the reason I say that is because when you fight with a bully in writing, they're just going to keep at it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and so that will diminish your character, that will diminish who you are, and it impacts you emotionally. And 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 then again, you start to internalize it because you're reading it, everybody is reading it. You can make a statement and say, you know, and tell them that, you know, this, what you're doing is considered bullying, it's not nice, and whatever you want to say in a very um, respectful manner. But honestly, I would tell you, or tell anybody, if somebody's being is bullying you either delete your account block them but walk away from it because mm-hmm. it's not worth you because once you read it it sticks to you visually it so, does yeah right because we right. feel we feel the emotion of feeling attacked or feeling misunderstood right and we're seeing it with our eyes at the same time yes and we're processing it all at once and i think that does kind of scar it in our minds yes. and it's hard to leave yeah. that and walk away and I also liked what you said about the fact that it, it does mess with our character because yeah. I think what I know has happened with me and what's happened with a lot of other people is that we start off, right, trying to have healthy dialogue. We start right. off with we can have different opinions or we're seeking to have, find new understanding between each other and then things start to go sour. Right. And then all that seems to do is trigger each person into a worse and worse place Yes, where now we're starting to either attack each other or attack values or it just really gets ugly. And so I, I like what you said about you kind of have to know yourself well enough and know your character well enough and protect your character enough to be able to know when to walk away. Exactly. Yeah. And if it helps, delete the post mm-hmm. and, you know, out of sight, out of mind. And, and that's probably the, one of the best ways you can walk away or you block that person so that or you unfollow them. I think on Facebook mm-hmm. you can unfollow somebody. And I've done that. Um, and you do it because, you know, you don't want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to deal with it. And so... It, and it doesn't mean that you're losing a friend. Exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> because friends mean lots of different things on Facebook. Exactly. Right? And and eventually they'll come to realize because once they lose people and they're just talking to themselves or talking to another bully, you know, at the end of the day, it's you feel sad for them. Yeah. To live in their world, to be that mean, it sucks. Yeah. It, it simply has to sucks. Be. Yeah. <laughs> and I hope that we aren't those people, right? No, we're not. Yeah. We have to be careful to know, make sure that we're not doing that and being aggressive to someone else. Exactly. Or we are living in that misery. Yeah. Right? And I think in writing, you have to be careful of your tone, what words you use. So it's just taking that extra five minutes and being careful. But I think if you're, if you're already cognizant of what bullying is and how it makes you feel and and how it makes somebody else feel then um i think naturally you'll be careful but if you do see i do have to say if you do see somebody else getting bullied yes what um, do we do i would jump in and just say tell them that this is not nice you know the fact that you're you're trashing somebody online or you're talking you're bullying somebody online just shows who who you are as an individual and your character and i truly hope this is not who you really are that this is just a misunderstanding or that I just read it wrong. It's the nicest way, probably the most passive-aggressive way to basically call out the bully by saying that this isn't nice. It's basically unex- without sounding so mean. 
I love that. I'm, I think yeah. I'm actually going to have to go back and write those words down, what you just said. Okay. Because yeah. um, I know that I have been in the situation where I was being attacked online and how much it meant to me that somebody else stepped in and yeah. had the courage to step in and go, hey, this needs to stop. Right. And that this is not okay. And because um, it can feel like when you are the one that's getting attacked, it can feel like a very lonely place, especially yes. online. Yeah. And so I love the fact that you said if you see it, jump in and say something. Doesn't mean that you have to run with it, right? And start right. a whole other train of of negative talk. But just yeah. being able to step in and stand up. And I love the way that yeah. you said that. So I'm going to have to go back and write okay. those words Thank down. You. So, yeah. so, okay. Yeah. So let's transition to talking about what do we do for um, kids, for our kids. It's our culture is just so different nowadays. And again, going back to what I said in the beginning, I think as parents, we're off, we were taught at some point that ignoring yeah. it is the best way to handle it. Right. We were talking upstairs a few minutes ago with my kids yeah. and we were talking about how my son struggled with a bullying incident even today. Right. right. Yeah. And so there was part of me that was like, you know, it's, he was just trying to get get my son worked up and maybe get him into a fight or something. And I was proud of my son for not engaging into that. But I loved that what you said to him yeah. was that he actually needed to confront him and find the words to say, like you had said earlier, yeah. to have a comeback. And I just saw his face light up so much yeah. about just having an option. Right. Because it feels horrible to ignore the situation. You feel powerless. You feel hopeless. And when kids feel that, I think it's even worse. Right. Right. I because agree. they also need their parents to step in at some point. They also need to feel empowered. And we were just talking about how if you see somebody else bullied, step in and say something. Yes. How much bigger of a role do we have as parents for knowing how and when to step in? Yes. And so I agree with you. I think that, A, it's important that that you have that relationship so your kids can openly tell you what happened, right? But B, you know, as I mentioned earlier, if, if the words don't come right away, practice with them or encourage them to practice a comeback. And the reason I say this is because it falls into age groups or elementary school kids and um, middle school. You have to, we, I think as parents, it, they, we have to teach them that it's important to use words, but good words, mm -hmm. to, to confront the bully. Um, and even in the in the high school years, but I think that even so at a younger age, it's more critical because they get their feelings hurt easily. They're still trying to understand themselves, understand what parent you know what parents mm -hmm. are. Just they're growing up, and so they're going through a lot of emotions. And so teaching them to come back to find the appropriate words, the right words, and to even I would encourage practicing at home mm -hmm. um, or in the shower, however they feel comfortable. But so that you're also practicing the tone of how to approach a bully. If you can't think about it right away, but the first couple times they do confront him, whether it's two days later or if it's right then and there, it gets easier. I I have to say we've really struggled with this area okay. as parents. Um, I and I'll say you know actually I have struggled with this area because I even though I work really well as counseling with other people and I do well with mediating with other people yes. when it's your own kid, yeah. I think it's really easy that it triggers your own stuff. And because I have that emotional delay, it's so hard for me to come up with a comeback. Yeah. My response is usually weighted out, um, ignore it. Whereas Matt's response is usually, I think a little bit more confrontational. And right. so I'll share that, um, even though we have not done great with knowing what to do with this area, um, there was one evening that my older son had come back and said that he, they were playing basketball. He accidentally bumped into another kid 
And um, and that other kid actually put his hand on Aiden's face and shoved him to the ground. Oh my gosh. And this is, of course, we heard that and we got so upset because, you know, all of our feelings as parents being, this is a military kid and he's just trying to make friends and we're all moving from this place to this place. Right. Like, give the kid a break, right? Right. Um, so obviously we had emotional flooding. Like, we wanted to go hurt a yeah. 12-year-old somewhere, right? But he didn't have the words to say. He okay. didn't know what kind of comeback right. to have. And okay. so he really felt upset that he walked away and actually tearfully walked away from the situation and had nothing to say. And I saw Matt and him... For the evening, I kind of took a step back as mom. Okay. And I let, you yeah. know, father and son handle it. It was one of the most awesome moments ever, I think, in parenting, our parenting history. <laughs> That's awesome. But I watched Matt as yeah. he gave him the words to say and then let him practice back and forth. He taught him how to posture, how to hold it, carry himself. Yes. And especially for boys, taught him kind of how to puff his chest out a little bit and make himself look taller and stronger. Yeah. And um, and f- looks look him in the eye and here's what you can say. Yes. And the more he practiced, the more he said the words that Matt was giving him, the more confident I saw him getting. Yes. The more the louder his voice was getting, the deeper his voice was getting. Yes. Um, and I was it's like I was watching my son grow up. Yes. In five yeah. minutes. <laughs> yeah. And then he went upstairs and he went to go take a shower and we heard him practicing. That in is the shower. awesome. And yeah. you know, I don't know if he actually ended up having to say anything the next day. Mm-hmm. Somehow boys are able to you know, get into a little bit of a fight and then still play together the next day. Yeah. Girls aren't quite that way. No. <laughs> but um, I have to say, just to back up what you're saying. Yes, thank I mean, you. it is yeah. absolutely incredible to watch somebody do that role playing. Yeah. And I just want to maybe stress to some of the parents out there, yeah. not only to do what you're saying, which is confront. Right. But help your kids role play and practice what they're saying yeah. and give them those opportunities to practice with you. Right. I agree. And that's that's positive reinforcement. Um, it's teaching them to, as you mentioned, finding the right words and to communicate clearly. And the reason I say that is because, you know, oftentimes bullies are reacting on, or aggressors, let's call them that, are aggre- uh, reacting on emotions. So what void they're feeling at home or elsewhere, they're lashing out. So if we if we can teach our kids to, and, and through, this is role-playing, just like I think what happened with your son was amazing, um, and, and your husband, if we can teach them to say the right words in the manner they need to physically, you know, with the eye contact and, as you mentioned, the posture, they find their own voices. Mm. Do you see? Yeah. And then so even in the shower, sometimes even just that alone helps and you don't need to go back and confront it because now you figured out, I have my voice. It's that self-confidence, that love that you have for yourself. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's self-empowerment. And this is honestly, whether we're kids, we're adults, but for kids, we have to teach them that. For adults, when we recognize our own voices and we stand up for ourselves, it becomes second nature. That's it awesome. Really and in some cases, you may not even have to mm-hmm. confront. Maybe you just have the right words to say next time. Exactly. Especially if you can't go back for some reason and right. confront, right? Yeah. yeah. So how common, is, is bullying getting worse, do you think? I do. I think that... Um, uh, you know, as of just recently, uh, statistics have come out that over 160,000 kids drop out of school every year wow. because of bullying. Um, and it could be because, you know, the instructors, the teachers don't know how to handle it or if it's too much overwhelming for them or their um, their guidelines as to how far their limitations in their jobs. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's becoming difficult to handle. You know, growing up, we had... Um, 
in Kenya, we actually had teachers that, you know, we'd get hit by the ruler if we mm-hmm. if we fell out of line, right? Or if we were playing tug of war and then we knocked a kid over. I mean, you, you were bound to get slapped with a ruler on your hand. Uh-huh. And, but those things don't work and they're not allowed these days and obviously rightfully so. But it's it's also it's also telling the teachers, you know, that if somebody is bullying, if a kid is bullying another kid, they need to step in and they need to teach both kids at that point, mm-hmm. pull them aside and or, or reprimand them by not giving them recess or something. Mm-hmm. But the idea is that if we don't, and that's positive reinforcement, if we don't start that from a young age, then it's just going to get worse. And what's actually happening is that kids who are trying to figure out their their sexual orientation, mm-hmm. they are more likely to commit suicide at a younger age. Mm-hmm. Um I actually found that 30% of all suicides are related, completed suicides are related to um, LGBT. Mm. I mean, it's really sad. So that's out there. Um, also, just in general, one in four kid is getting bullied. and, and that's, that's a lot. A, yeah, that's a big statistic. And so, you know, we have to curtail that behavior on the end of the aggressor, but also on the victim. Mm-hmm. So teaching the victim how to handle the aggressor. And the best way to do it is confronting them and then just walking away. Because eventually, who's going to listen to the bully, right? Who's going to listen to right. the aggressive behavior? They won't have any more friends. And then, But also, I think that it's important for teachers to point out that if this continues, then these are the consequences. I think that dialogue between parents and teachers has to be continuous. But as parents, I think that we need to see what makes our kids tick Mm-hmm. Are they depressed? You know, monitor them constantly. I think it's, we get so caught up in our lives these days. It's true. It's tough. But I think that if you know, you know, what your, when your child will react the way they, re- they react, I think it's important that you can figure out, are they being bullied? Are they depressed? Are they online too much? Mm-hmm. Why are they online? One of the best pieces of advice that I got for when my kids were, especially in elementary school, was another mom who said, for the most part, unless yeah. it's something that you really need to step in for, what happens at school stays at school. And what that taught me was that give the teachers a chance mm-hmm. first to handle a situation right. before I jump in and start either accusing the teacher or trying to you know punish my kid for something that happened at school or whatever. Um, but that first, if we can, if your child is, is going to a public school, um, if you can... Um, give the teacher the right information and let the teacher know what's going on and uh, give the teacher a chance to control what's going on during her recess or in her classroom and then but offering the support right and then if that doesn't work what's the next level yeah what is the next level that I can get involved as a parent um, to at least let her know hey there's some bullying happening and I'm teaching my child how to be confrontational and using the right words to just keep an eye on the situation right right um, yeah. because I've also experienced and seen that some of these kids when they do try to be confrontational they're getting just as punished because they're yes. acting a little bit more aggressively than they used to be so maybe um, explaining to the teacher this is what we're learning and this is what we're practicing. Yes, I think that's that's important. That way they also know that this A, the situation is happening and B, what you are doing as a parent to teach your kid to speak up. And it's not a bad thing, right? But to also also encourage the, the teacher to look to monitor the kids because it could be that both need help in their mm-hmm. own different ways. You know, or, or there's something happening that the, the aggressor is just being left out. And mm-hmm. so now they're 
being becoming a bully. I'm not justifying their behavior, but they're kids at the end of the day. So there's something right. triggering that behavior. And if we're teaching our kids to be confrontational, which is again not a bad thing, then we need to. If you just have that running dialogue with the teacher, and if you like, escalate it to the school principal. I think most schools nowadays also have um, therapists on hand. Mm-hmm. Um, just having that open dialogue and just letting them know. This is what's happening. I want you to know what's happening in our end at home. But also, please monitor on the other. And and tell them, if there's anything I can do to help, you know, better the situation to, as a third party coming in, please let me know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important because at the end of the day, both both are being hard. Both children are are going through emotional issues at this point, right? It, right. it affects both of them. It's, I feel like we have to combat it both ways simultaneously. There's actually a really good book out there. It was written by a kid who was a bully. And really? the school nurse, I believe, had the kid write the book as a way to teach the kid that what he or she was doing was harmful to somebody else and made them realize that at the end of the day, they not only didn't have any friends, nobody really wanted to play with them. And then when people played, when the other kids played with them, it was because they felt bad for the for the bully for being alone. So there's that compassionate nature in kids. That's incredible. Yeah. In fact, um, I can get that book from you afterwards, and we'll yes. make sure that we put it in the show notes yes. so that people can access to it. Right. I know um, one of the books that won an award was um, Chester and the Big Bad Bully, I think was the yes. raccoon series that is a really great children's book. And mm-hmm. it kind of follows the same thing as far as um, the big bad bully was really just hurting and he needed friends. And, right. uh, I think he was actually even a porcupine, right? Oh, re- like yes, he just was yes. really hard to get along with. Yeah. But the kids, like as they, um, as they warmed up to him and tried to play with him and that's really yeah. all he needed was friends. But, right. um, we'll get the name of the book that you're talking about. Cause yes. I think that's so powerful that it was actually written by another kid that actually was the aggressor. Yes. And it was, and that would be really good for people to know yeah. about. Yeah, and it was part of the disciplinary action <clears throat> that the, the the nurse or the school therapist, I'm sorry, I can't remember who, um, recommended that the bully go through the emotions of how they were making the other kids feel. Wow. Yeah, and to sort of recognize that behavior, the self-behavior of their self-destruction technically. And then they also pinpoint what was happening at home. If only we could have assignments like that even into adulthood. Right, right. right. <laughs> I'm going to confront you and ask yeah. you to write a book on how you made me feel. Yeah. That would be awesome, right? Yeah. So, okay, let's talk about um, middle school to teenage. Okay. Um, because I worked with teen girls for about two years, and really this was a huge issue, especially for girls. Again, right. it can happen with boys too. But especially with girls um, – Mm-hmm. I know what I saw for teen girls a lot was um, texting through bu- uh, bullying through texting, sexting being spread, and yes. um, inappropriate pictures that they had either felt either blackmailed or tricked into taking for one person, one guy. It gets spread all over the school. Um, just very harmful, harmful things that these teens are actually going through. Yeah. And so um, for me, what I saw working with the teen girls was number one, um, giving them a safe place to talk about it was huge. Right. Um, giving them a safe place with other girls, and they didn't have to be girls just like them either. In okay. fact, when I got girls together of all different kinds of cliques that they belong to, uh-huh. let's say, yes, sir. and they found that they were all pretty much the same, How and they all um, experienced the same insecurities, and, and so, in some cases... There, I didn't have a situation where a bully and the victim were in the same group together okay. when I did support groups. Okay. But I did find that 
perhaps a bully came from one person's clique, right? And then the victim was part of another clique, and they knew the people that were either getting bullied or the people that were being the aggressor. How interesting. And so what I actually saw with the teen girls was the power of, like you said, having the empathy and compassion for each other. Right. And realizing in a safe place that we all pretty much struggle with the same things, and it really does hurt your heart. Yeah. Anybody's heart. Right, It right. hurts your heart when you realize the pain that someone else is going through. Exactly. And it really does change your perspective on what you're willing to tolerate. Right. What you're willing to go along with within your the group that you're in. Yes. And so... That was really powerful for a lot of these girls. But what would you suggest to parents on if their teen is um, girl or boy is going through, I know you said confronting and that sort of thing, but a lot of these kids may not be sharing it with the parents. Mm -hmm. So maybe what would be some signs that your kid is struggling? So if, first I want to say that what you did is actually probably the best or the most therapeutic thing for Girls, and I say that it's because, um, and I'll go back to your question. Um, I say that because girls are more often than boys verbally bullied, and that's that actually leads into depression and suicide, mm-hmm. and um, you know those are lasting impacts, long term impacts. Mm-hmm. That that if if parents don't re- recognize, and that's, this is going back to your question now, so parents have to recognize that their child is withdrawn because most kids mm-hmm. become withdrawn. Mm-hmm. Um, that. They are either dressing a certain way or they're not eating. Mm-hmm. Um, are they? Do they feel like as though you know their body image is changing? Are they wearing more makeup? And you know, don't don't feel bad. And I shouldn't say this. Well, I'm going to because I think it's important. Go through their backpack. Are they taking a second mm-hmm. pair of clothes to change into? Because there is that pressure to look a certain way. Oh yeah. 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 And then and then you know talk to them. Just talk to them. Not as a parent, but as a friend. Be mm-hmm. there as a friend, as, as as they are in the support group that you created, which I thought, and I actually think is a fabulous idea, which I think it should happen everywhere. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm going to add to that too now that we're talking about it, that um, also being able to um, look for, especially girls, right. if you're seeing them wear more bracelets than usual. Yes. Um, cutting is a really big, big form of depression. And what I found, um, and because not so much a copycat kind of thing, but they're learning that cutting is a form of releasing the tension, releasing depression. And I'm seeing it in a lot of introverts. So if you have a child that tends to be more introverted, not really talking about their feelings and they're going through depression, um, cutting is becoming a way of taking something sharp it can be uh, really tiny cuts and not we're not, they're not usually trying to commit suicide as much as they're trying to distract themselves from the inside feelings that they're having and it tends to be more introverts um, and That's those really that don't quite fit in yeah whereas the ones that are a little bit more extroverted you see them um, more so angrily lashing out arguing with parents they're not as tempted to harm themselves yes when you think about it like as right. adults, even when we, if we're introverted, we tend to hold it all inside right. and repress it and be frustrated with ourselves, exactly. right? Exactly. Whereas right. extroverts tend to want to talk about it, argue about it, fight about it, you right. know, lash out about it. And yeah. so getting to know your, your child and whether or not they're introverted or extroverted might help you also guess what they're doing with their stress and yes. how they might express this, their stress too. Right? I agree with you. And I think that the point that you made is a really good point. I think that's something that really goes unseen, especially as if as a parent or even just anyone who doesn't understand, recognize the signs of somebody getting hurt or, or lashing out in that way, cutting 
it's it's like a silent killer and you're it right is. you know if we don't if we're not noticing the amount of bracelets they're wearing or the amount of jewelry or whatever way they're using it to cover up i yeah. think it's important to for parents to notice it to just watch your kid just look at them every day has something changed mm-hmm. has their tone changed has physically are they changing it's it's probably the one of the best ways to be proactive um to help them before things get out of control absolutely and yeah. then um and i guess i would say if they're um if you do want to talk with them that again like you said being that friend right and and being prepared for whatever it is that they are going to say um that we pro that we control our own reaction exactly exactly and and you teach them from a young age that and, and it's really hard i was a teenager once so i know um you know when parents say that you have to love yourself you have to respect yourself you need to walk away from it or don't let it impact you you're beautiful and you know and you don't feel that way because you know when i was young i felt like i was overweight but i really wasn't mm-hmm. you know i felt as though why couldn't i be as pretty or you know and these are normal feelings that everybody people go through growing up but then you have to figure out well you know doing drugs is bad or mm-hmm. or what they're doing to that person is really wrong and so mm-hmm. that's when you start we have to teach our kids and this is when i started as a teenager realizing recognizing what what are my values and when they're crossed, such as trust, um, friendship, and what does friendship mean? Um, and when they're crossed, what happens? It hurts. Mm-hmm. It hurts you. Do you want somebody to hurt you? No. So this is the conversations you have with your kids. You know, I know that families have trust. Um, I mean, families have values that are our family, but focus with them on the individual level. Mm-hmm. Because at the individual level, what in a family we're raised to, let's say, value um, love over honesty Mm -hmm. right um is this really what you believe and so you have to teach your kids well honesty integrity transparency these are important values and if to us as a family but do you believe it is that what you're saying yes exactly that's something they hold as a value as well right at the individual level and it's important because they're also trying to figure it out and Mm -hmm. so you help them shape that and also help them teach like teach them that if somebody crosses these or if somebody hurts you, how, how does that make you feel? Mm. And then talk about their emotions because if it makes them feel really bad and sad and hurt, what are you going to do about it? And if they don't know, tell them. Tell them how you would handle it. So, okay, so let's let's play this out in okay. a scenario. Yeah. So you have, we'll, st- we'll stay with teen girls here. Okay. So you have a teen girl who um, has a good friend of hers and um, finds out that this friend of hers has betrayed her okay. somehow, right? That's, that happens very often. Yes. Um, she either went and told her secret to some other girl that, she, that your daughter did not want anybody to know or whatever. And right. so she is just destroyed, right? She... Um, feels like she's been betrayed by this other friend. And so there's there's automatically several things to talk about. Yeah. We've got what is the topic of friendship? What does friendship exactly. mean to you? What do you do when somebody's betraying you? Right. Whether or not, based off of what you've said today already, do you confront her on that, right? right. I think it's important because at that point you realize, you, you ask them, well, how do you feel? And, you know, they'll say, I feel hurt, I feel sad. And ask, and then poke and say, well... What what really is making you feel sad that they they betrayed you and they went and told your secret or the fact that they actually you trusted them that trust was broken right mm-hmm. if we try to teach them to put almost the emotion aside but by focusing on the emotion to get to the core issue we can help them get to a place where you make them realize well think about it this way if they broke your trust by going around and telling somebody somebody else what you 
the secret that you gave them they're doing it to everybody else now do you mm. want that person as a friend in your life and the answer is probably going to be no right right and so then we have another issue right because okay. teens especially are deciding who they are based off of the peers that they surround themselves with right? exactly right. so we as parents when we're saying to our kids, you're amazing, you're a great kid, you deserve to be treated better, you deserve to have great friends around you, yeah. it's kind of what you described with your parents and what they would say to you. It's, exactly. They often don't hear it because they want to hear whatever their friends are saying, whatever their enemies are saying, yeah. whatever they're saying to themselves over what it is that we're trying to say. Yes. And that's actually even, that's so challenging because it's one thing that they may think that, oh, well, you're just my mom and you love me and that's why you're saying that. But it's trying to constantly help them find their voice so that they believe in what you're saying. That you're not just saying it because they're, you're, you're their mom, but it's because it's the truth and the reality of it. So sometimes it helps if, if an outsider, like an, perhaps another family member, encourages them and says, you know what, I'm proud of you. I'm glad that you realized that that was wrong or you stuck up for so-and-so. I think it's really important you are strong. Don't let anybody tell you. So I think it's important that if you're able to, and, and this may not always be the case on a day-to-day -day issue, especially if you're going through this, maybe talk to your school school counselor and tell them what's going on and you know, ask them, can you encourage my child? Because I think hearing it from somebody else mm -hmm. is going to help more than um, just hearing it from me as a parent. And just that alone, I think it helps. I felt like, you know, even mm -hmm. earlier today, um, you know, your your kids are mm -hmm. awesome <laughs> they're witty they're beautiful they're smart but just yeah. i think it helps them to hear that yes. oh no this lady who just you know came in the neighbor is gonna be is like oh my god you know but it's important and i wasn't just yeah. saying that but i meant it yeah because it's important for them to understand that oh no i'm not dumb yeah. You know, yeah. <clears throat> sometimes it is hearing it from somebody else. Right. And so I loved the fact that you gave both of them some comebacks on things that they could say yeah. um, and to watch them practice that. I think it's also that it's it positively reinforces what the parents are saying. Exactly. And so I, I agree with you going to a school counselor, finding a therapist in the right. local area that says, look, this is what I've been saying, but they may not receive it as much from me. I agree. And that, that doesn't make you a bad parent. No, not at all. It doesn't make you a bad parent for your kids to not hear you and listen to you just having that backup from somebody else that can um, affirm what it is that you're trying to teach your kids or like you came in and had a whole other set of ideas to offer yeah that, you know I'm cheerleading you from the background going that's awesome I think it's a great idea yeah. <laughs> is so empowering yeah. to the kids to feel like um, somebody is teaching me how to stand up for myself in a way right. that is also kind yes Yes. Which I think is so important because we yeah. want our kids to be confident but kind. Right. And and kindness goes so far. The one thing that my parents taught me from a very young age was to kill with kindness, but not literally kill with kindness, but to change you know, if you were if you remain kind and consistent because you are kind and that's who you are at the core and you teach your kids that and because they are as well then the other person will come around. There's only so much that that tough exterior will will um, 
the walls will break down. And I'll tell you this, I use this a lot with organizational conflict where we've had uh, management, top heavy management, you know, organizations that are really top heavy and they feel as though they have to walk around showing that they have authority and power. But just telling them that, you know, I know that you like to be tough. Mm -hmm. I just want you to know that I think there's still a good side to you Mm -hmm. and being consistent in saying that. And eventually, even though their actions may speak otherwise, just keep going at it. Just keep telling somebody you're kind because inside there's that fragile, mm-hmm. that fragileness and they're covering it with that exterior, that tough wall they've built up against others for whatever reason. But if you just work with them with kindness, it gets very far. So are you saying that if there's somebody that um, does have kind of that authority side to them that kind of towers over other people and bullies them that way yes. in an aggressive way that pointing out the kindness even if it's just a small spark that's in them yeah can encourage them to bring out that kindness more than the aggressiveness yes it's and it does because most probably they're not hearing kindness they're so accustomed to hearing that um and, and this is really for mostly adult adults right that they're mean they're nasty then they eventually believe that they're mean that they have to live up to that reputation now but if you just break down that barrier by saying you know what at the core I know you're a really nice person I see the way you care so much about the organization I see the way you care so much about the people there Mm -hmm. is kindness and you know for a while they'll 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 tell you that's not true don't ruin my reputation Mm -hmm. don't confront me no 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 just say no I know there's a kindness to you I hear it in your voice And as much as you may not want to believe it, I believe it because I see it. I think that this is such a huge topic, Bina. In fact, I'm I'm having all these ideas of ways to bring you back. Oh, great. um, I think that we definitely need to talk more about um, female dynamics with other females, right? Right. And I think that there's a lot of uh, military and first responders out there that um, struggle or have had the experience of toxic leadership who um, are trying to figure out how do I work in a workplace dynamic that can feel very toxic when you've got leaders who um, are are leading with a heavy hand or who are leading with a manipulative, you know, angle. So, um, so much for us to be able to talk about. Um, But as far as wrapping up with, with the bullying issue, is there anything else that you can help, especially the parents out there, on ways that they can help their kids if they're sensing that there's bullying going on or the kids are coming home and talking about bullying? Yes, I think that if... Pay attention is what I can say. Um, <clears throat> if if your kid is if your child is coming home and saying, "Mom, so and so has been bullied," or "Dad, so and so has been bullied," or "So and so guess guess what this kid said this to this right said this to that person," um, be perceptive because then go back and say, "Has that person ever said that to you? Have you ever felt it?" And 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 then and if they say, "No, I've never felt it, but I see it all the time," then just say, "What do you want to do about it? Do you want to step in and do you feel like you have to help this kid, this other person who's being bullied, you know, confront the situation, or do you want to stand up for them? Because that's not a bad thing. I think that if we teach our kids, and if if even as adults, if we help others by stepping in and just voicing that this is not right, now it's two against one. Now you're getting the numbers, you know, and so." Little by little, you'll get that support, but you get that you you gain self confidence as adults, as children, no matter the age, and and you're able to slowly kill them with kindness. Again, that's what it comes down to. It's it's literally using kindness, and that's self empowerment, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm a big person on confrontation, and I know it's so hard, 
But if you find it in yourself to stand up for somebody else, because it's always easier to stand up mm-hmm. for somebody else than yourself, then then eventually it gets easier to stand up for yourself. And again, tell that person, I know you're being mean and I know I know you like to say nasty things, but I know that inside you do you are good. So let's see it. You know, and just keep at it. So there are ways to combat it situations, but I'll tell you one thing. As introverts, if it takes you two days to confront that person, that's fine. Just do it. Because at the end of the day, if we all do this little by little, then slowly we can sort of change that behavior, change that norm, that, that new norm that seems to be so prevalent nowadays. And as for especially for military wives, the one thing I can say is I really believe that when somebody's bullying you is because they're hating on you because of your success. So be happy that your success is the best revenge. And as much as it, it hurts you, you don't have to follow them. Just delete mm-hmm. it. Or you know what? Unfollow them or block them. Mm-hmm. Or report them. Because I think on Facebook you can report them. Yeah, um, you can. Right. Or, or remember, out of sight, out of mind. And if there's somebody else who's being bullied, stand up for them. Because it's not right to to sit back and let that let it happen. At least that person has that support group. And and if you don't feel courage encouraged to do it in, in like a normal group chat, send them an email privately or send them a message privately and say, hey, I'm here if you want to talk. I just want you to know that you have a friend on the other side, although I know we've never met, but I know what you've gone through. And create that support network, even if it's online. But I think just reaching out to that person and saying you're we're here to help you is okay. But I think, and then also encouraging them to speak up. But again, online, avoid, the, I would avoid the written dialogue, the confrontations. Bina, thank you so much. Thank you. have you. brought so much wisdom today. And I, there's so much thank more you. that we could talk about. But I think um, I feel empowered. I feel Great. like um, I can even go back if it's two days later. And I appreciate your yes. permission on that. Yeah. And I also appreciate yeah. the permission that um, confronting people with kindness can be assertive. I think right. we, that's a big word that for us is. to walk away with. That if we can be assertive in our kindness is what we're trying to teach ourselves and teach our kids. Um, That that doesn't mean we're being aggressive. And for a lot of people who are not used to being assertive, it feels like you're being aggressive, but you're really not. Aggressive is attacking someone else. Assertive is having the right to say what you need to say when you're speaking about yourself. Exactly. Ask the other person to change their behavior when we can't control them. I agree. So thank you so much for joining us. I'm going to have you back soon. Yes. Um, Yes, definitely. And we will definitely get the name of that book and put it in the show notes yes. so thank you yeah. so much for joining us thank you for having me would you like to send in a shout out and have it included on the life giver podcast anyone civilian or military can thank a military spouse who has made a difference in your life or say thank you to a service member for working hard on your marriage Record your shout-out by using your voice memo app available on your device and email it to Corey at CoreyWeathers.com or call in and leave a voicemail shout-out to 706-431-7222 and we will do our best to include it in future podcasts.